0: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Lavenderit Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, I have a very special guest for you. Her name is Sahara Rose. Sahara Rose is the best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra. She's a 26-year-old certified Ayurvedic, holistics and sports nutritionist, wellness blogger, and host of the Highest Self podcast. Sahara's mission is to awaken people of their innate Potential so that they can share their gifts and fulfill their purpose on this planet. Hi, Sahara.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Eileen.
0: I know, I'm so excited to have you. Yay. So, I am so curious to learn from you because I have no idea what. Ayurveda is so Uh why don't we start with that because I think a lot of our listeners are probably new to this so can you just give like a quick summary of you know for someone who does not know anything what is Ayurveda
1: yes well do you ever practice yoga Eileen?
0: yes So Ayurveda is the
1: sister science of yoga. Um, Yoga is a practice that is based off of spiritual enlightenment. That's actually yoga is not actually meant to get you a six pack and stuff, even Mm -hmm. though it may do that along the way. But the word yoga means union, union with divine source. Now, Ayurveda is the sister science based off of wellness. And the word Ayurveda literally means the science of life, because in order to be well, you must have knowledge of all areas of your life. So Ayurveda is all about eating the right foods for your unique mind-body type. It's mm-hmm. about having the right morning practice for you, the right nighttime routines for you, how to deal with indigestion, bloating, gas, constipation, anxiety, depression, all of these things that like us humans deal with on a daily basis. So then when we practice the yoga, we can treat truly elevate because you know when you get sick all you can think about is getting better Mm -hmm. so Ayurveda is like making sure that your body and your mind are like sound so you can get to the deeper parts of your soul
0: I see. So it's about the health and wellness part of your life. Exactly. Cool. And you make it sound like there's something that's different for everyone. You said, mm-hmm. depending on your mind and your body type. Can you go into that? What does that mean?
1: Yes. So that's, this is actually like the thing that brings everyone to Ayurveda. So okay. Ayurveda is based off bio individuality, which just means. The diet that's good for you might be poisonous for me.
0: Then how will you know what's good for you? How do you figure yeah, it out? Yeah, well we can. So I
1: have a quiz on my website, but I'll talk you through okay. it. Okay. So according to Ayurveda, everything is based off nature. You know, we are all a reflection of nature. We have just like in Chinese medicine, you have like wood elements, earth elements, etc. So Chinese medicine is actually based off Ayurveda. Ayurveda mm-hmm. is the world's oldest health system. It originated mm-hmm. in ancient India five thousand years ago. So even Western medicine passed along through the Silk Road, and it became what we practice now. Everything is based Mm -hmm. off Ayurveda. So Mm -hmm. in Ayurveda, we're a combination of the five elements, which are air, space, fire, water, and earth. So we're all a combination of all five, but in varying amounts. Mm -hmm. And then from these five elements, they have three doshas. The word dosha means energy. Mm -hmm. So the first dosha is vata, which is a combination of air and space energy. So I just like to call it air, just easier that way. Pitta is a combination of fire and water energy. I like to just call it fire. Kapha is a combination of earth and water energy. You can just think earth. So we have vata, air, pitta, fire, kapha, earth. Okay. Now, through different symptoms in our bodies, like the way we gain weight, what happens when we're stressed out? All of these things are telling us what our dosha mm. is. So, someone who is really airy—if if I met someone and I was like, "Eileen, they're so airy," like, mm-hmm. what do you think that means? I
0: have no idea. You're talking about health, just
1: anything, personality, anything. I'm like, he, like he, well, he's personality such an airy fairy. Well, personality-wise,
0: airy sounds like you're like floating, you're dreamy, you're—you can't be held down.
1: Exactly. So that's what a vata personality okay.
0: is. You're saying everyone is either one of these three? We're all all three, but in different oh, okay. amounts. Okay. Yeah. So
1: someone who has a lot of vata, a lot of air, they're going to be super like airy fairy, mm. like jumping from one thing to another. They're really creative. They're really idealistic. They have tons of visions. They are always thinking about the future. But at the same time, what happens when there's too much wind? It turns into a tornado
0: mm-hmm.
1: so at the same time, when there's when that wind is not settled, it can lead to anxiety, you know your mind just racing all the time, and insomnia you're not able to sleep and get mm-hmm. into your body because you're so in your head. Mm. Does that make sense? yeah. So vata just air. Now, what would air look like in the body? Like, what do you think if if I was like, oh, I feel like there's a lot of air inside like, of my I digestion, think bloating, bloating, yeah, <laughs> ga- yeah, gas, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like Ayurveda seems really complex, but it's like literally the most basic thing. Like, think of I the first see. thing that comes to mind. So, literal too much air in your system.
0: So, you're saying people who are airy fairy will most likely have bloating, air- yes. gas problem. That's so funny. That's yeah,
1: really funny. It's it's related. Yeah. Um So, and you'll you'll notice this. You'll notice this if you're one of. I used to be super one of those people mm. that I was. I was a raw vegan. So raw foods are very airy. They're yeah. really light. They're really dry. They're really cold. When you eat like a salad or a smoothie, you don't feel heavy. You, you kind of feel energetic. Mm-hmm. So as a raw vegan and only eating salads and smoothies for almost a year, that made me become so airy that in my mind, I stopped being able to concentrate. I was like, wow. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I had like an identity crisis because every single day I was like, I wanna start a business. No, I wanna join the Peace Corps. No, I wanna do this. I wanna do that. And I was like, just, there was just so much movement going on in my mind. I was sleeping at three, four in the morning every single night because at night I'd get these like creative streaks and stay up all night. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, my schedule was really irregular because when there's a lot of wind, the wind is, you can never predict the wind. So sometimes I was really hungry some days, other days I just wasn't hungry at all. I never ate like breakfast, lunch, dinner. I just kind of ate randomly throughout the day whenever I felt like it. How
0: did you transition into your diet now? Like, what did you change to bring the other elements back into your life?
1: Yeah. So, well, this is how I discovered Ayurveda. So oh, okay. I was suffering from really bad digestive issues. Anything I ate, I would literally, my stomach would hurt. Like, I would, like, curl up on the couch. and mm. I, From, like, drinking a coconut water, like, didn't make sense. And then I didn't get my period for over a year. Not a single wow. period. I would go to the gym and faint. I was so cold all the time that my body was just like literally like shaking from coldness, and I would put on socks and drink tea. You know like,
0: what? I sorry to interrupt, but this—I mean—it's so similar to what I've learned growing up from my mom about like Chinese yes. health and wellness medicine. Because yeah, because in Chinese, I think there's just like cold and hot, right? And so it's like if you're too cold and you eat too many fruits, yeah, it's it's like that mm-hmm. exactly. So I, I get it. There's different types of foods that will help you balance that cold and hot
1: exactly and with Mm -hmm. the diet culture today it's emphasis on only cold foods that I was like oh I want to like lose weight and look good so I should just eat salads and smoothies because that's healthy right Right. so I was doing this all thinking I was being really healthy not realizing I was making myself sick Mm.
0: so um
1: at this time I was in India I was volunteering teaching health and sanitation in the slums of New Delhi and I was still a raw vegan in India which is like unheard of and how
0: long ago was this Probably yeah, like, when did you discover this Ayurveda? So probably like
1: four or five years ago okay. when I was there. When nice. when I started studying it, this raw vegan thing was like six years ago okay. now. Yeah. So I was in college. So in India, I was still a raw vegan, which is like so weird because there you eat Indian food, you eat right. cooked foods. It's just like in China, like no one's a raw vegan. No yeah. one even eats salads. It's unheard of. Yeah. Um. So... I got really, really sick, and I wasn't, I thought I had parasites, I wasn't sure what was going on, and it just really sucked, so I decided at this time that I would visit an Ayurvedic practitioner, because I had heard about Ayurveda in my holistic health coaching program, and I studied sports nutrition, I was like a sports nutritionist, I thought like I know everything about health Mm -hmm. and wellness, so I was like, you know, this is like a psychic or something, I'll just (laughs) see what she has to say, and she started, I went, and she's like, tell me about your dreams. I was like, my dreams? Like, why do you want to know about my dreams? And she's like, yeah, like, are you flying and fleeing? Or is it action? Or is it, like, really dull? I was like, like, I'm here about digestion and (laughs) hormones. Like, why are we talking about my dreams? And she's like asked me so many questions about my personality and this and that. And now as an Ayurvedic practitioner, I ask the same things to my clients too, because Mm -hmm. it's so, it's such an important piece of the puzzle. So basically my air, my vata was so out of balance that at that point I was infertile when I was 21 Mm -hmm. years old and I was at risk of Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's, because my brain basically was shutting down, and that's why I was fainting, because I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting enough like fats and warm foods in my diet. Mm -hmm. And um, osteoporosis, my bones were always hurting, always cracking, and then I would like crack it too hard, and it would just like hurt for days, always aching. So basically, when your body isn't getting the nutrients that it needs, the first thing it does it's it shuts off your hormones. It says like, Mm -hmm. oh well, you don't need your period to survive. You'll be okay mm. without it. So it shut my hormones down. And then it shuts down your digestion because digestion takes up 80% of your daily energy expenditure. It's a lot of energy. So it says like, oh, you don't need to like poop every day. Like, let's just have you poop every few days. Mm. So slowly all of these things happen when your body's not getting the nutrients it needs. So I was like, that doesn't make sense. I'm eating kale. I'm eating acai exactly. berries. You think
0: it's healthy in the traditional, right. in our view, like from the very LA Western view. Yeah. And basically,
1: if in Ayurveda, it's not you are what you eat, but you are what you digest. So no matter how healthy a food might be, when I look at the macronutrients, if my body's not digesting it, if it's not breaking it down, if it's not assimilating the nutrients, it's actually causing me more harm than good. So that's why, like, when you're sick, you're not supposed to eat, like, all, like, go to a salad bar and, like, fill it up. You should just eat something really simple and bland to just let your body do the healing work. Mm. So at first, when she told me that, I was like, okay, I'm committed. What do I do? And she's like, well, you have to eat the ghee and the paneer and drink a glass of milk every day before you sleep. And I was like, oh, girl, hell no like like I'm a raw vegan right. I'm not drinking milk I'm not eating ghee which is clarified butter like oh butter that's been burned I was like no none none of this
0: so what did and, you do
1: yeah and then she was like well you're gonna keep getting sicker and you're gonna come back to me and Alzheimer's osteoporosis huh beta like you know super Indian yeah, yeah and yeah. I was just like okay like this this is why no one practices Ayurveda like it just doesn't make sense anymore so I was like okay I'm just going to keep on healing myself through WebMD and blogs, you know, <laughs> what, what we use. Um, right. So I was like, now I'm going to be paleo. I'm going to do the autoimmune protocol, GAPS diet, this, that. I'm not getting better. I'm getting worse, worse, worse. Mm-hmm. I literally tried everything for the next six months, visiting wow. gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, everyone. That I'm like, okay, the last thing left that I haven't tried yet is Ayurveda, but there's no way I'm going to stop being vegan. So mm-hmm. um, I will try her suggestions in my own way. So instead of ghee, I'll use coconut oil. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to eat rice because I was also afraid. Like, what if I gain tons of weight? I'm eating rice all day. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll make it with quinoa. Mm -hmm. And what if I eat sweet potatoes as something grounding and this, and you know, adding it with like sunflower seed butter, like kind of ingredients that I liked and was familiar with because I also didn't want to eat like tons of. Like spiced food all the time. Like, I don't really, I don't really like like cumin, all of these things. So I start doing that, and instantly I feel so much better, not just in my body, but also in my mind. So Mm -hmm. over time, my, just people were coming up to me and being like, you look so much healthier. I was like, wait, did I like not look healthy before? They're like, you lost all color in your face. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't realize that I was like one of those people that you look at and you're like, that person doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. So my hair started growing back so much of my hair, like handfuls of my hair were falling, falling out when I was raw and mm-hmm. I got my period again eventually. So it just showed me like, wow, your diet can change everything. Everything. And it's not that you're born with these genes and you're stuck with this. It's like we have so much control, and it just takes eating the right foods for what our body needs and also what your body needs needs changes. So when I was doing that, I only ate like lots of, like in my book, I talk about the Vata foods. It's lots of root vegetables because root vegetables literally have earth energy. Like they're grown under the earth. They have like roots. Like when you pick up like a beet or something, there's like dirt still on it. That's going to ground your body. So I needed a lot of that and I couldn't eat anything raw for over a year, which was so hard for me at the beginning. Uh But when I noticed I was feeling better, I, I kept on doing it. But now I can eat raw foods and be fine because my body's back into balance. So Ayurveda is basically a system to bring you back into balance no matter what's Mm -hmm. going on. And whatever dosha you are, we talked a lot about vata, which is because I had that issue. But whatever dosha you are, you want to pacify, meaning reduce that dosha so you can come back into balance and just kind of not feel any symptoms. So vata was that airiness, bloating, gas, constipation, anxiety, insomnia. Pitta, which is fire, looks totally different so my boyfriend is super pitta a lot of men I've noticed are pitta yeah
0: my boyfriend is too I already know yeah
1: totally (laughs) so okay so what do you think makes him really pitta
0: well I I think it's like the like passion aggressiveness like a strong Mm -hmm. personality right Mm -hmm. someone who gets a lot of pimples uh-huh. Often, exactly because of the fire in them, yes. and Oh, he runs hot, like you know, yes. when you're just like your body temperature, he's naturally very hot, and I'm naturally like cold, I get cold really easily, and he's hot all the time, exactly. Exactly. So, Pitta people have,
1: and it's really amazing that you knew about the acne thing because yeah. most people don't put that hand in hand because it's, it's
0: like a Chinese thing, Chinese medicine, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, in In Ayurveda, your digestion is literally called your fire. The word is agni in Sanskrit. So Mm -hmm. if your fire is burning too strong, so vata, it's too weak. Pitta, it's too strong. So anything Mm -hmm. that you eat, your body starts throwing like stomach acid in it because it's like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. I need to break this down. I need to break this down. So you start experiencing heartburn.
0: Mm-hmm. Literally
1: heartburn, your heart is burning. Um so anything that's like, you know, related to heartburn, hyperacidity, ulcers, acid reflux, it's all basically the same the same meaning of too much acid in your system that's going up your esophagus and that's why you're feeling it. So that's a huge symptom of it, feeling hot in your body, if you sweat a lot, you're someone mm-hmm. that like the moment you start working out, you're just like sweating bullets. That's pitta. Mhm. So heat rises. It's just like if you're like in a hot house, it'll always be hotter on top. So Mm -hmm. when the heat rises from the digestive system, it ends up in your skin and your skin's trying to get rid of it. And that's how pimples show up. Mm -hmm. So if you have really oily skin or you just break out all the time, it's just too much pitta. It will make your sweat smell. So sweat actually shouldn't really smell like Anything, like, it should have, like, a little bit of a smell, but it shouldn't be foul. Like, I mean, in -hmm. ancient times and even in China, like, no one wears deodorant because no one really smells. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we're eating, like, burgers and fries and this and that. A lot of (laughs) pitta foods, oily foods, meat heavy stuff that it our bodies are trying to detoxify and that's why your sweat smells bad so if you're noticing like your sweat is smelling a lot more foul like I'll notice instantly if I suddenly my sweat is smelling I'll I'll know there's some sort of toxin in me that mm. I did something off so that's all related to pitta now pitta like a like what's a fiery personality like ooh, she's so fiery
0: right like she's kind of I I, I think more active than passive you know right yeah. A go A go-getter, go-getter yeah. On yes.
1: the go. Exactly. So mm-hmm. pittas are very like, this is what I want, and I'm going to go get it. It's yeah. like boss. You know, yeah. it's amazing. They're very organized. They set a schedule, and they don't like to stray off the schedule. It's like when you have a pitta friend, they're like, I'll meet you between 2 and 2.45. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like so exact. So the vata yeah. friend's like, we'll see what happens. We'll just sign yeah, exactly. each other and let the universe take over, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. pittas are like, I'm on a schedule. I got things to do. Um, but at the same time, when there's too much of that, that can make you really impatient mm-hmm,
0: because totally. when,
1: because we can't control time, you can't control traffic. There's tons of things that get in our way. So you become really impatient. You become agitated. You snap. You have like anger bouts. Like that's all related to mm-hmm. pitta. So it's literally like a volcano erupting inside of you.
0: Well, what about the earth one? Because mm-hmm. I feel like these two, the first two, it makes sense to me. And then I'm like, what about earth? I've never heard mm. of like a third energy.
1: Yeah. They actually have this in Chinese medicine, but it's uh-huh. more like they call it wood. It's more similar oh, to wood. Okay, it's it's okay. not exactly wood, but it's Might more similar. Yeah. So earthy people, they talk more like this. And they're really, really patient.
0: And you can be too earthy? Like that's a bad thing?
1: (laughs) No, like, you know, some people, like I have a lot of Vata, so I'm talking a mile a minute and you do too. So we're both like, like, Uh what else? Um, But earthy people, they really pause (laughs) and and take their time. And when you're Vata, you're like, just say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but it's a beautiful thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I call it Oprah energy. it's like very
0: grounded grounded and you just want
1: to be around them and you just want to give them a hug and like tell them Uh. all your problems and like cry in their arms (laughs) that (laughs) That is Kafa right there it's grandmother energy yeah so the earth think about literally the planet like it takes in like we abuse our planet we take resources from it and earth is just like I got you. I'm going to keep oh. giving to you. It's like,
0: keeps giving, keeps yeah. giving, keeps giving. I mean, it sounds great. Yeah, what's on the bad side?
1: <laughs> oh, On the bad side is what happens when you keep giving?
0: Oh, you give too much. And you, you
1: give too much. Exactly. I and see. you just end up feeling depleted. And okay. really, you become resentful along the way. You know, mm-hmm. we all have that friend or maybe we're that person that we – give others everything mm-hmm. and we put them in front of ourselves mm-hmm. and then when they keep on taking a part of us is actually really resentful about totally. it and is, is like seriously still I'm gonna keep giving to you but like why why aren't you offering back but the yeah. thing is the other person's like well you just keep offering so like I'll, <laughs> like the pit is like I'll keep taking for sure exactly. So, like, I mean, this could be a whole other episode about, like, relationships and the doshas. I love talking about this because it's, like, I feel like this is, like, the missing part of making relationships work. Well,
0: okay, quickly, like, what are the health aspects of the the earth energy?
1: Yeah, so the health stuff. So if someone's really grounded, they tend to store weight really easily. Um, Their bodies literally hold on to calories. They hold on to energy because they Mm -hmm. don't know when they're going to get it again. So they're actually the people who eat the least often. They're not really hungry. They're probably not hungry for breakfast. Maybe they eat a late lunch. Like one big meal a day is very Mm -hmm. common for them. But their bodies are gaining weight super fast.
0: They feel heavy. They
1: feel tired. They feel water retention. Their weight might fluctuate, you know, five pounds in a day. And then also it's stored in the throat. So they feel mucus, sinus, phlegm, coughs, allergies, thyroid issues. It's Mm -hmm. all related to kapha. So when I was a kid, mm. I used to eat a lot of junk food and it was really unhealthy and I had such bad allergies and I thought it was something that I, I just have to deal with for the rest of my life. But when I changed you know, my lifestyle of becoming more active and eating more like no dairy, dairy is like the worst for kaphas and like mm. sweets and sugar that all makes kaphas grow. Instead, mm-hmm. they need more light foods, more stimulating foods like ginger and lemon and things that are going to mm-hmm. get their metabolisms moving. And when I did that, I, I've never had allergies since.
0: Yeah. It's It's so interesting that the health and the personalities are all intuitively like the same. Right? Yes. That's so fascinating to me. Do you love to learn and try new things? Are you a creative looking to sharpen your skills or explore other mediums? Well, Skillshare is an online learning community with over 16,000 classes in graphic design, illustration, and more. You can learn everything from logo design to visual thinking to watercolor. Classes are perfect for the professional designer looking to get a leg up at work or the freelancer who wants to attract more clients and build her brand. Skillshare teachers include Include work designers with years of experience and AIGA award winners such as Ellen Lepton, Debbie Millman, and Seymour Quast. With Skillshare, you'll get unlimited access to all of this for a low monthly price. Never pay per class again. Personally, I've taken classes in branding, marketing, watercolor, and even floral arranging. You really get so much value from even a 30 minute class. Thankfully, Skillshare is giving all Lavender lifestyle listeners one month of unlimited access absolutely free. So go to Skillshare.com slash Eileen to redeem your free month. That's Skillshare.com slash A I L E E N. All right, back to the podcast. I want to talk about your book because Mm -hmm. it sounds like you just discovered Ayurveda maybe five years ago so what's Mm -hmm. the story of like how you wanted how you decided to write a book and then I mean you collaborated with Deepak Chopra like I'm fangirling because like I I love him and I think that's so amazing so just talk about that process of Creating the book and then how you connected with Deepak.
1: The moment that I learned about Ayurveda, I knew instantly I need to teach this to people because a lot of people out there have the same issues that I have. I was blogging a raw vegan blog mm-hmm. and I was like, it's really scary for me to be like, oh, I'm not raw anymore. And like, I was like, oh my God, people are not going to like me, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know what? I just have to be true. And I started talking about this, and so many other people had the same issues. So I was like, I'm going to write an ebook for my website, mm-hmm. thinking that's the plan. And I ended up living in India for two years studying Ayurveda. So while I'm wow. in India, I'm just writing, 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 translating the Sanskrit text, learning everything I can, putting in my own language, creating mm. my own recipes, creating the system. That book slowly became over a thousand pages of material that wow. I had written. So I didn't know what to do with it. And it was just too much to put on an ebook. I imagine it to be on the shelves of Barnes and Nobles. But I didn't know anyone with a book. I didn't know anything about the book writing process, really, besides just writing it. So I really believe, like... Just write the book that you want to write and the rest will happen. Mm -hmm. So I hired editors, graphic designers. I put together the whole entire book and I called it Eat Right for Your Mind Body Type. Fast forward a few years now and I'm looking for a publisher for this book. And eventually I meet this girl who had a book. She introduced me to her literary agent. Her literary agent decided that she wanted to represent me. Two days after I signed a contract with her that we would look for a publisher for this book, mm-hmm. she gets a call from Penguin Random House, and they're looking for someone to write the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Yeah.
0: Wow! Randomly, that's the universe. That's yeah, yeah.
1: Like out of all thousands of literary <laughs> agents in oh the world, goodness. like they ask her. So yeah. um, they they had someone who you have six months to write these books. She was four months in and quit because it was yeah. so much work. Because oh it's it's not like you just channel source. It's like very very specific format when you guys see the book it's very very detailed it's a Mm -hmm. textbook and you're totally on your own so she quit four months in. they needed someone to write the book from scratch in two months so (laughs) two
0: months wow yeah but you had it written you no hadn't. I couldn't use any of that book really? so at the
1: beginning it was really hard because I was like shit now I just have to write a new book from scratch so why just couldn't you be...
0: use the content from your first book
1: because I wanted that book to be its own book about like okay. the nutrition okay. stuff whereas the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda is about everything Ayurveda from home remedies to spirituality to mm. this to that okay. Okay. so at first it was really hard like how am I going to write this new book with none of the same sentences or wording of <laughs> my book yeah. so I was like oh god like I was almost like not taking full ownership of the book. Cause I was like, I just kind of need to write this book so I can work on mine. Mm-hmm. And then once I switched of like, you know what, just make this the best book possible. And like, forget about anything else. Just be present. This is the opportunity that was handed to you. The book just f- Flew through me and I grew so much writing the book and I realized that Ayurveda starts with digestion. This food stuff is really fun to talk about, but it's really the mind Mm
0: -hmm. and the soul
1: and finding your purpose and finding your dharma. And Mm -hmm. this is like the stuff that I'm so passionate about right now, helping people, especially people in their 20s, but in any age, like finding their life's purpose because really your, your dosha. These, do- these doshas we were talking about is related to your dharma, your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. So now I, I lead a program called doshas and dharma. And like for me, like the last part of the book, the spiritual stuff is like really where my heart is. And mm-hmm. I met Deepak at a yoga and science conference. I told him about the book. I sent it to him. He fell in love with it. And wow. we've been like besties ever since. And <laughs> he wrote the forward to my book. We did a 31 day challenge together on his app, Jio. I'm seeing him in a few weeks and it's just been so amazing to have a mentor like him.
0: That's so amazing. It's, it yeah. sounds like everything happened so fast, but then it sounds like you're like the perfect person to write this book and you were so ready for it.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, like we hear a lot about different systems and we don't hear about Ayurveda and it's because it's like, it's still very old school and no one's really had the courage to just like step into it and be like, hey, this mm-hmm. stuff doesn't make sense. Let's change it. And I still get a lot of, you know, negative comments from the old school Ayurveda people like, what you say that you don't have to eat milk and you can eat uh, yeah, raw foods it's and different. stuff, yeah, right? But it's like okay, if you want this wisdom to live on, it has to be adapted to modern times mm-hmm. because you know in in traditional Ayurvedic times, like there was a wife who was cooking and cleaning twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can you expect to have a fresh home cooked meal with? Hand simmered spices from scratch three times a day—it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. So you know the fact that Ayurveda says you can't eat leftovers—it's because back then there was someone who was cooking you fresh food all the time. Mm-hmm. There were and there were no
0: refrigerators to store the leftovers. <laughs> That's true. So I, yeah, I I love hearing this story because you're young and you are the bridge between the traditional five thousand years old information and our modern society. And I, I just love hearing stories like that because it just shows us we're always making progress. We're always moving forward. Yeah. Ah. What are you ex- excited about now? What's next for you?
1: Yeah, so I just signed a book contract for my next book that's called Eat Feel Fresh. Nice. And um, that is like a modernized plant based Ayurvedic cookbook. And it's going to be like the sorts of recipes that I eat and based off Ayurvedic ingredients like mung beans, but like mung bean burgers and Mm -hmm. like brownies and like turmeric chocolate truffles and like just cool ways of doing them. And I really want to make it simple too because it's like no one has time for like a two-hour long recipe. Like one pot, minimal dishes, stuff you can store. Like I want to make this practical for people. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to India in December to shoot photography for it.
0: Nice. That's that's so exciting. I'm curious, like when you're making a cookbook, do you like... You just make all the recipes, you, like, test them out and tweak them? Is that the process?
1: Yeah, it's a really, like, of work <laughs> That's a lot process. of work. It's, so it's 100 recipes, oh um, which all have to be original. There's literally, like, a database of all recipes, like, on the internet and all oh. books. And they look every single recipe up. So if you even have one that's the same, like – I mean, like, for example, like a chocolate chip cookie, there aren't infinite ways to do it, but you, for it to be in a cookbook, you still have to come up with your, your own, own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then after that, it's like a lot of the wording of how you write the recipe because they give it to different recipe testers and stuff. And they act like they're someone who've never cooked. So you really have to word it in a way that like anyone can understand. Cause I yeah. could just be like, toss oil on the skillet, but it's like, what, like how do you put the oil on it's good how much oil at what yes. time do you let do you let the pan cook for a little bit or do you put it on when it's still cold like you mm-hmm. have to be so specific
0: yeah yeah that's such such an interesting process
1: yeah but I'm excited for it because it's going to be a lot more of a creative process than than this book this book was just like whew, like
0: get get through it's <laughs> yeah. like a
1: 400 page long book so yeah. it was like really getting into like the academia side of it whereas this is going to be more of like an art project which I'm really excited for because I'm like super vata artistic just like you and I want to check out your (laughs) artist's handbook
0: too but I'm excited for that I'll send you a copy too yeah well I know I'm so excited for you congrats on this idiot's guide to Ayurveda book but I'm excited for your next book as well how can our listeners find you online
1: yeah, so I'm on Instagram at IamSaharaRose. Um, Sahara, like the desert. And my website is also IamSaharaRose.com. If you don't know your dosha, it was really confusing for you. I have a quiz on there. You can just take it. And um, unlike any other dosha quiz, I separate the results between the mind and the body because mm-hmm. when you're out of balance, your mind and your body might maybe two different places. You might feel, you know, really pitta in your mind, vata in your body, whatever. So I separate the results and I give you the exact percentages. That way you can try some of the things that... I suggest, and then come back to it in a month and see how you've changed. That's a really good way to track your progress
0: that's really cool I'm gonna take that quiz myself as well <laughs> yes for sure alright thank you so much Sahara thank you so much for having me alright that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening to the Lavender Lifestyle if you like the podcast please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes it helps me so much and also helps other people find the show you can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artists of life alright love you all. Bye.